Welcome to the EAAE Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Rumbly, and this is episode number 16 in our series. If you're a subscriber to the series, thanks so much for tuning in again. If you're not yet subscribing, we hope you'll consider doing so. We have new episodes every two weeks and would love to have you join us regularly. Business education and the common good is our focus today, particularly in relation to the global sustainability agenda. This seems quite fitting given that this episode is being published just one day before Earth Day 2021. To help us get our head around some key aspects of this topic, we turned to Meta Morsing, who serves as head of the UN Global Compact Initiative known as Principles for Responsible Management Education, or PRIME. For nearly 15 years, PRIME has been working to raise the visibility of sustainability in business education around the world and to equip business students with the skills and sensitivities to serve as positive agents of change. Today, there are more than 800 prime signatories worldwide, which means that prime is the largest organized relationship between the United Nations and management-related higher education institutions. Our conversation with Metamorsing gave us a chance to check in on recent developments in the story of sustainability in business education, how she sees internationalization playing a key role in business education today, and what work lies ahead for the sustainability agenda in the business world and in the context of business education more specifically. I began by asking her how she felt the focus on sustainability within business schools had changed since the inception of the Prime Initiative in 2007 and what more needs to be accomplished in this area. Thank you very much for this very good question and it's a very big question. I think that uh, what has happened since 2007 among the business schools that I engage with and more globally, uh, of course, around the world is we see two tendencies. The first tendency is that back then, 2007, typically it was the individual business ethics professor who engaged in prime and the, our activities. Who so oftentimes that business ethics professor was, you know, very dedicated, very knowledgeable, uh, but very alone in a business school or in a university. What we've seen over the past 15 years almost is we see a tendency to uh, this being uh, the whole idea of responsible management education and sustainable development has much more transgressed into other parts of the business school or or university. So now we see that there are centers who have uh, sort of developed and that started maybe say five, seven years ago, that the centers that developed within the business schools uh, were a small unit, but they have also grown. So from the individual business ethics professor to centers as the second stage and the third stage, which I think we're seeing right now happening very much also in prime schools. And what I'm trying to push myself also is we see how the agenda of sustainable development is not just based in one department or within one discipline at a business school. It is actually a cross-disciplinary phenomenon that many different fields, many different uh, disciplines, many different professors engage in. So it's now not only the business ethics professor who takes an interest, it is also the marketing professor, the accounting professor and the finance professor with an interest in understanding how his or her discipline is advancing or maybe not, or engaging with at least sustainable development in, in in the broader sense. The second development that I see is how, again, it was it, it was an agenda, sustainable development pushed in back in 2007 around the time, pushed very much by faculty. 
But today we see two new pushes, if I can put it that way, uh, which is very interesting. And one is the student push. Uh, you could sort of call it the greater Thunberg effect uh, within higher education, because I'm impressed and I'm amazed in my role here as head of prime to see how much students want their professors to engage much more in sustainable development discussions in the classroom and beyond. So we see the student desire, the student push uh, very much so. And I can talk from my own uh, sort of experience when I was a professor at Stockholm School of Economics, we were um, approached by a small group of students and they had sat down and gone through the entire curriculum at the school. And, and they presented to us, they invited us on a Friday afternoon to come and listen into the 90, 90, 90 suggestions that they had for how we could improve our curriculum, our teaching, you know, by, by adding sustainable development in 90 different ways. And you can imagine how that was, you know, exciting and uh, new and, uh, and, and also gave a push to how we were engaging uh, even more. The other push that I've seen is a push from, you could say this is like, I wouldn't call it the bottom, but you could say sort of from one side of the school. Uh, the, others, the other push comes from the top or another side of the school, namely the deans. So it's interesting to follow how deans are in, we have something we call the prime deans dialogue. We've been in Davos, we have been at our global forum, we have deans dialogue, and I also interview deans in, in a series of webinars to understand how they engage. And there is a new desire among deans to actually engage systematically, not just peripherally, but systematically into sustainable development. In the curriculum, but also in research, for example, to be more knowledgeable within a variety of disciplines on sustainable development, but also, of course, their own, you could call it walk the talk. How do we as business schools, as higher education institutions, how do we ourselves show uh, the way forward, you could say. We, we do set a tone uh, in society for how we uh, navigate and how we behave. And it certainly is the, our students who first and foremost understands if we are not waste managing properly, if we are emitting too many or too much CO2 emission, etc. So there is also an educational aspect and of course also an environmental and societal aspect of, of that walk the talk part of it. So I think these two developments from the single business ethics professor to the centers and today to the interdisciplinary field, the other one, the two pushes from students and deans, I think are two strong sort of movements that I've seen, changes I've seen since 2007. I have to say that from the perspective of internationalization in higher education, there, that's a really interesting parallel. The, the diffusion of the interest you know, from a single individual across an institution or a sector as a whole, and then the engagement or the growing engagement of different kinds of stakeholders with shared interests, I think is, is really very quite parallel to what we might be seeing in, in internationalization of higher education. And this actually leads me to a question that kind of brings these, these two areas together. If we understand internationalization as a, a process of infusing international, intercultural, or global dimensions into all aspects of the higher education enterprise, what do you think are some of the most important aspects of internationalization in business education today? I think, yeah, but thank you. This, this is a, a very good question. This is something we, we discuss, and I can hear, of course, uh, my colleagues around the world also are discussing. I think one of the things that we as Prime has a unique opportunity to help uh, forward is uh, sort of the global scale of things. 
that we, because we know on the ground, we have really good schools who are, uh, we have really good universities who are engaging with the local communities. They're engaging their students locally with businesses, with policymakers, with NGOs to understand the complexity of uh, the sustainable development area. What we, what we could push, I think, even more forward was exactly what you also uh, more or less saying in, in your question here, the internationalization of that learning experience so that students will be confronted with uh, internet, the international agendas, but also with international students. So working in student teams, not just within your school, but also across your school. So you could imagine a school, for example, in uh, France, working with a school in, let's say, Ghana. Students here collaborating on a capstone project, trying to address a, you could think of a value chain challenge that a coffee producer has or a cacao uh, producer has, and trying to actually see what does it look like from a French student perspective or French business perspective and a Ghanaian business and student perspective. And those students identifying the problem, not just being served, you know, here's a problem for you to solve or to address. I think sometimes we, we fall too quickly into asking our students to solve a problem. I would love those students in global international teams to identify together what is the actual problem and why is this a problem? Why has someone not solved this problem before? And how can you actually do that? Because I'm, I'm afraid that if we too quickly ask the students to solve problems, they, they may do, you know, they may uh, not be, the solutions they develop may not be uh, exactly solving that problem that where the, it's rooted, if you, if you like. It makes me think of this idea of co-creating learning, you know, of bringing our students into the very essence of the learning, learning process, which is to figure out, well, what is the problem? Or is there a problem if, in what sense? So very, very interesting. The focus of Prime clearly is in the education sphere, but connected to the world of business, obviously. And I was wondering, you know, with the focus that Prime has been placing on sustainability, mindful education, how has this notion been changing the business world? And what further developments might you be foreseeing or expecting in that dynamic between a focus on sustainability, mindful education, and the business world itself? Yes, I think that the collaboration with business and academia is very important. We are educating millions of students on an annual basis in business schools all over the world. And how we prepare them to be decision makers in businesses uh, is very important. So I think that that you could say sort of mentorship could uh, and should be and also is very much in, engaged and stimulated at the local level at business schools uh, to a large extent. But this is something, of course, we can always uh, try to improve even more. But I think there's another aspect that I would like to, and I'm sort of discussing with my friends in the United Nations Global Compact, our sister initiative, how we could, uh, with them, also think of our students and the agency students also bring, the competence, the knowledge the students also bring to business. Not just business, you could say, educating students or helping us to uh, transfer knowledge from business to students, but also the other way around. For example, I have um, myself had a number of student, excellent students uh, who have advised, who have uh, made strategies and made uh, operational suggestions for small and medium-sized enterprises on their sustainable development journey. Uh, 
many small and medium-sized enterprises today are, as we know, pushed, encouraged uh, to, to do more, to develop uh, sustainable development strategies, to report to their the multinationals who buy their products or to governments who purchase from them. So as sub-suppliers, uh, they are asked to have a strategy in place. But oftentimes, you know, the owner manager doesn't have the experience, the competence or the time to actually write that sustainable strategy or to uh, report on uh, what he's or she's already doing uh, in, in the, on the ground. So I've seen students, student teams coming out and discussing, interviewing, looking upon, you know, what, what's the action in that SME and actually developing a suggestion for a strategy and also developing a suggestion for how do you report on this and how do you make this even better into the future. Very helpful and very impressive work uh, by students. And, and, and I, I just think that symbiotically is a beautiful sort of uh, relationship where there's a lot of learning going on in both ways. So that's another example of what you labeled uh, co-creation before, where students are actually uh, stepping up. And uh, because, I mean, these are young students, but with sometimes with very, very good ideas and uh, very well-researched and very well-articulated. Very exciting. And I think really gratifying to imagine those mutual benefits, you know, on both sides of that equation. So I, I'm very, very glad that you pointed to that example. So sustainability is connected to directly, of course, to the sustainable development goals, which sit within the agenda 2030. And, you know, a very big question for you. What is your sense of the, the way that current efforts are enabling us to really realistically meet the goals of agenda 2030? And if these current efforts underway may not be sufficient, how could we imagine business education further accelerating or enhancing that process? Yes, that is a big question and a very, very important one, because uh, we know that uh, when we, we sort of learn about and talk to our friends working with the planetary boundaries, we understand that this is the what the Secretary General of the United Nations has called the decade of action. So, so we have this time slot ahead of us where we, we need to speed up, we need to accelerate our action. And that also goes for business school, that also goes for higher education, of course. And I think one of the things that, that we can do is to get, and that's back to some of the points that I've already said, but I think it's very important that we get our colleagues in, in, in the finance, in the accounting area to work with us on actually teaching students how to, for example, invest and how to, you know, in the, in the financial sector, for example, how to actually work with ESG, environmental social governance issues, or SDG, the Sustainable Development Goals, uh, systematically. I was uh, recently involved in a study with New York University and Stockholm School of Economics where we uh, were interviewing a number of finance professionals, investment uh, from asset managers, asset owner, owners, to understand what training had they received to make those big decisions on the environment or on social improvement, because that's what they need to do. And that's what they're asked to do, they're expected to do, they would like to do it but they have no training to do so. So this makes them feel relatively, uh, you know, uh, feel them sort of searching for, you know, where is, where is the, uh, the training that I uh, can get now? Uh, so there are offerings being developed from a lot of finance professors right now, uh, but I think we could speed that up a lot more in the executive class, but in general, also more, more generally in the uh, MBA finance class. 
This is, of course, not to single out finance education. A lot of really professional education in the finance area, taking sustainable development seriously and integrating it into the curriculum is happening right now. This is just an example, uh, and it happens across uh, many disciplines, but we all need to look into uh, our curriculum and the way we teach uh, and try to improve that the best we can. Very interesting. In your opinion, what is the major obstacle that the business sector still has to overcome to put sustainability at its very core? That question assumes that sustainability is not already at its very core, which may be a mistaken assumption uh, to, to put forward. But I'm curious about you know, your sense of, of the place of sustainability you know, within the reality of businesses around the world. Is this something that the education sector is well positioned to help support or resolve? Yes, I think that the way I was trained many years ago back in, in a business school was to think very narrowly on how can we make the business unit, what was the unit of analysis, how can we sort of trim, uh, motivate, inspire, you know, the business to become much more lean and professional and, uh, you know, make a profit, make itself, you know, strong in an economic sense. And this, this, was, this spirit was all the textbooks were written in that particular spirit. I think what we need to do now is to, to train those students to think, we have a business, that's right, but the unit of analysis is society. So how can we improve society with the help of a good business? Of course, we need a good business that is lean and uh, you know, professional and is able to motivate all of that. But the real sort of goal is how do we improve society? And it sounds like a play with words, but it is not indeed. It sort of demands a completely a rewrite of a lot of the textbooks that at least I was taught back then. And it is happening, but it's something we need to be careful about in the textbooks and in the curriculum we serve to our students. Uh, what is the mindset? What is the, we say, almost a sort of ideology behind uh, what the way we, we present the world for the students and the role of business in society. I really appreciate that. I think it's very exciting to imagine, you know, businesses really thinking differently about their place in the world and to the benefit of all, a, a very exciting possibility. Meta Morsing, thank you so much for your time and for your insights into this very interesting work that you're doing at the level of the United Nations and beyond. Thank you very much for inviting me. That was Meta Morsing, head of Prime, the Principles for Responsible Management Education, which is an initiative of the United Nations Global Compact. If you're interested in learning more about the work of Prime and other resources related to this topic, do check out the session notes for this podcast on our website, www.eae.org. Meanwhile, there are many exciting things coming your way from the EAE. Building on the success of the 2020 Community Exchange, the EAE is excited to deliver another dynamic virtual event again this year. The 2021 EAE Community Exchange Virtual Conference and Exhibition will take place from September 28th to October 1st. Information about exhibiting, pricing, and the program will be available in the following weeks with registration for this must-attend event opening on May 26th. You can visit the EAE website for the latest news on all of that. When it comes to the EIE podcast, we greatly appreciate your likes and shares on social media. If you're a subscriber and like what you're hearing, please also think about leaving a review. That can help others with similar interests find their way to us, which is a great way to build our community. 
On that note, our next podcast episode will be published in just two weeks. Until then, all good wishes to you from the EAIE.